Black women are the rock of the family and so often put others before themselves. We want to encourage black women to put me before we sometimes because black women's health matters. This is the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Good morning. I am Denise Thomas and welcome into Soft Life Chronicles with all of us Milwaukee Research Programs at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. And I am being welcomed and joined by four, excuse me, three incredible, incredible leaders in the Milwaukee community who also happen to be part of the Divine Nine. Now, let me just first add some some background before we get started into this incredible and impactful dialogue. For those that are not familiar with Soft Life Chronicles, Soft Life is a movement where traditionally black women have been branded as strong. And aggressive and always making sure that we take care of everybody else. And this is where we start to transition into soft life and making sure that we're putting our own physical and mental care at the forefront. And so, again, I want to make sure that each of us that are listening be very intentional about what you take away, because these women that we have here in the studio are going to be sharing Many stories on their own experiences and also even just as important, their experiences as being members of the Divine Nine, which we all know in black folks terms is the sororities and the fraternities that were established at many of the historically black colleges and universities in the country. So let's get started, because, again, I want to make sure that your ears are blessed with all of this knowledge that we have in the room first. I'd like to welcome Gina Green Harris. Gina, good morning. Good morning. How, How are, are you? you? I'm I wonderful. Make, I just want to make sure you was up. I'm, I'm alive and kicking. I'm here. And we love it. So Gina is the co-investigator of the University of Wisconsin All of Us program and director of the Milwaukee site and also a very distinguished and right. proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. We also have Anita Sparks. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Good morning. You know I love your hair. We're part of the short woman's crew. Hey, hey. We got to stick together, Anita. <laughs> we do. We I do. love it. Her hair is beautiful, y'all. She is part of the UW All of Us Community Advisory Board and also a distinguished member of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And our final and distinguished, beautiful guest today, Diane Milner, who is also part of UW All of Us Community Advisory Board. And she is a proud and distinguished member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Ladies, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gina, I want to start with you because I want to just jump right into this. Mm -hmm. And before I start with you, again, listeners, the reason why we do this on the truth is because black women's health has been the most disregarded, unacknowledged, and I'll even use the word, and this is my own editorial, disrespected entity. And if you think about how your healthcare journey has been, this is why it's so important to understand why what we're going to talk about is going to help you in the long run. So Gina, I wanted to start with you, and if you could just share with us in terms of 
all of us, who all of us is targeting, Mm -hmm. any other experiences that you've had in your own personal journey, and why it's important that sororities such as Delta Sigma Theta and Alpha Kappa Alpha sororities are leading this much, much needed initiative. Absolutely. And uh, again, thank you so much for having us on the show. So all of us is actually an initiative that was started by the National Institute on Health to get information that's really important information about what's going on in our genetics. Why do we do what we do? How is our health concerned? We're talking about precision medicine, all of this. And we want a database and a repository uh, up to now about 5 million people, right? Started out wanting a million, but now we're looking at 5 million. But what's really incredible Incredible about all of us that I'll share briefly is that the, the the important part about it now is that it's looking to have a diverse pool of everyone, right? So long we know that in research, in medicine, etc., there was a a push for majority population. All of us is different. It is really looking to have a diverse population of people, meaning black folks, let me be Mm -hmm. clear, Mm -hmm. black and brown folks who have been excluded from research in the past. So why is that important? And just a plug, of course, uh, you know, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is always leading in change. And I'm not saying that the others don't, but I know I'm just talking about Delta right now. But our Divine Nine, Mm -hmm. honestly, has really been instrumental since its foundation about mental health, physical health, social engagement, change as a whole for our communities, our black community in specific. And we've just been leaders. And the ladies of Alpha Kappa Alpha are in that number, the ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho, as well as uh, the Zeta Phi Beta sorority. All of us know that within our context of who we are at base, when our founders founded us, it was about change. It was about social change, health change. It was about inclusion and equity. And that's why when we're thinking about this initiative for all of us, the Divine Nine has to be involved. And they are are involved at the national level. Every Greek letter organization, fraternity, and sorority that is African American is a part of all of us research. We are the change agents that W.E.B. Du Bois talked about mm-hmm. in the Talented Ten. So mm-hmm. it is critical that we are a part of this initiative. Gina, I love what you just shared. And what I most especially appreciate about what you just shared, and I also want to direct this to both Anita and Diane to get your perspective. So healthcare is not monolithic. What what works in terms of healthcare for someone who may identify as a middle aged white woman is not the same for let's say an older fifty year old plus mm-hmm. black woman or African American woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that healthcare it's it's definitely subjective, but when it comes to race, that's not a factor. What you're saying is that that is indeed a factor. Now when you talk about the data What do we as black women, especially those that are listening to this show, what do we need to do more of as it relates to the the research initiative? Because I know research is only as good as making sure that you have Mm -hmm. the people that need to be tested, for lack of better words. 
So if, if anybody want to jump in and just talk about what do we need to do better as black women? So I'll start by just saying one of the biggest things, and, and I will say this. Interestingly enough, I think black women are educating ourselves about research, and we really are building the momentum. I think if I were to say what black women really need to reach out and do is go the next step of bringing the others along mm. and not doing it in silo, because we're doing it. We mm-hmm. are coming along, and women in general are doing research. But black women are, are we are community leads, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And our voice as a collective, if we raise that voice, we will make a difference by getting our families involved, our communities involved. And what does the data show? And I'll stop after this. The data shows, and you know this, black women lead everything, whether it's economics, mm-hmm. businesses. Mm-hmm. We lead fashion, pa- fashion, voting. Keep it going. <laughs> Taking care of your so, kids. I'm sorry. You got me started. This is it. I had a moment, y'all. <laughs> and so I say... As a collective voice, we are our community's opportunity to really raise the issue of why we need to go from this so-called cookie-cutter approach to medicine to this precision medicine approach. Because Mm. medicine and care is not a cookie-cutter approach. And the data and the research and the disparities and the gaps have all shown that. So it's time for us to collectively do what our founders have done come together for the right cause and really advance the health of our people. So I'm going to... I love it. Anita, because I, I see your head just nodding up and down. For those that are listening, let me tell y'all, Anita, she's ready to jump in. And Anita, whatever you're going to share, I also want, if you can, enlighten the listeners, especially those that are black women. When Gina talks about bringing others with us, mm-hmm. what does that look and feel like from your point of view? What that looks and feels like to me is advocacy. Mm. I think that Sometimes we're afraid of what the data will say. We're afraid to learn what the data says. So you need to take take a friend, take a sister with you that can handle whatever information who you're, you're okay with getting your information and then help you through the process. Once you learn that data, then you got to follow up on it. You mm-hmm. can't just sit on it because it's not going to do you any good just holding the data. You got to go and act on it. But advocacy, I think, is something that... Um, we need to do more of for ourselves. We go to the doctor and you ha- I'm, I've gone to the doctor myself and they say, well, I think we, we're going to raise your blood pressure medicine. I don't think so because I think I just told you when I walked in here, I was rushing and I was stressed out. So I'm not getting ready to take any more medicine until we figure out if this is really what I need. Such a good point. Such a good point, because oftentimes when we're told, I mean, we trust, we're, we're, we trust our physicians enough to where if you say you need this, but I love how you advocated mm-hmm. for yourself and said, wait mm-hmm. a minute, let's mm-hmm. not go there first. Mm-hmm. And I also love how you talked about bringing someone with you. Shout out to two of my dearest and best friends, because I had surgery. I had a surgical procedure last year mm-hmm. and I don't like going to the doctor. And quite frankly, when I hear a lot of information coming to me about my physical status, I get anxiety and they were there to ask the right questions and also hold Mm -hmm. me accountable. So thank you for sharing that as an example, because that's real. (laughs) Woo! Y'all, we already (laughs) getting our lives changed for the better. Now, before we go into break. I want to also, Diane, get your perspective in terms of now you are a member, again, of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And as Gina had mentioned earlier, this is a collective effort across Divine Nine. What are some of the examples of what Alpha Kappa Alpha is leading? And from your perspective, what does the top three 
before we go to break, sure. top three areas of focus that black women need to put at the forefront as it relates to our personal health care. It, again, it's, it's the whole idea of advocacy, being involved in your own health, first of all, and, and knowing that you can talk to your doctor. Your doctor is a team member. He's not the, he's not the, the boss. He's a team member. Mm. So the two of you make a plan together mm-hmm. on how you're going to navigate this healthcare system. You know your own body, and the doctor knows the research. Now, how we help and how we bring others along is to get everybody involved in research. Because just like you said, we can't base what we do and the medicines that we take and all of the the prescriptions that are available for us. We can't take everything because it doesn't apply. So we want to make sure that if it applies to us, we're in in the base of the research. So having us be partake in the research is so very important. It's fundamental to how our grandbabies' lives will be mm. affected later on. Yeah. And I'm all about being a grandparent right now. Yeah. So I want to make sure that our grandchildren are able to manage their health and they're able to prevent things from happening because we know in advance what they can do and what they should do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because we've participated in this right. program. Absolutely. That's that's what I see as the fundamental purpose. Diane, you've already blessed our ears with with that wisdom and also that enthusiasm. When we come back from the break, we're going to get into more of the advocacy for ourselves. And what questions should we be asking our physicians? Anita, I love how you said our physicians, they are not in control. They're part of our team for our mental health. When we come back from the break, we're going to build off of that in terms of what that looks and feels like. What kind of questions should we be asking our physicians as it relates to challenging maybe what they're giving to us that we're not comfortable with? This is the Soft Life Chronicles. I am your proud and humbled host, Denise Thomas. When we come back, we'll get into more of black women putting our health care at the forefront with the ladies of the Divine Nine. Thank you so much. This is the Soft Life Chronicles, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. We are back. This is the Soft Life Chronicles. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Again, I am Denise Thomas and so excited and thrilled to be here with three of what I would regard as three of the most intellectual knowledge-based women who also happen to be members of the Divine Nine. Alpha Cat, we've got representation from the AKA sorority as well as the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And we're going to just jump right back in. Now, before we went to break, we talked about, and I just want to highlight some of the key points so those who are just tuning in, y'all know that y'all don't want to miss the rest of this show. We talked about, especially as black women, being advocates for our own health. Now, sisters, y'all know That for the majority of our lives, especially those that are of the age of 35, have advocated primarily for others. Mm -hmm. We have put others first. We have made sure that everybody else is taken care of. And that has been the acceptable tradition Mm -hmm. as as being a black woman in America. Mm -hmm. And what we're finding is that black women are continuing to die at early ages. And I mean like as early as 40s and 30s due to preventative healthcare conditions. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, things that we could have prevented mm-hmm. and going back to both Anita and Gina's statements as well as, excuse me, Diane, of being self-advocates. So ladies, let's just jump right back into what we were talking about. And Diane, I'm going to start with you again and then we'll go back to you, Gina. 
before we took the break, sure. we talked about being an advocate for yourself right. when it comes to both your mental and physical health care. And, and you talked about, which I love this point, love, love, love this, Diane, because I've never heard this before. Our physicians are part of our team. Absolutely. We cannot put all of our trust and, and holding them accountable for our health. Not at all. Can you share with us some of the ways that we can ask specific, and I'm going to use Gina's term, or excuse me, uh, Anita's term, precisive questions regarding our health, what we've been diagnosed with, Absolutely. what we can ask to say, hey, doc, that doesn't seem or feel right, or I, that's not a symptom that I, I'm experiencing. What are some exactly. of the, can you give us some examples well, of what that you looks know, and feels I mean, like? Even if they wanted to, perhaps practice with a particular medicine. You know, we have the medical, the practice of medicine. Let's say that they wanted to put you on a blood pressure medicine. What dose are you thinking about, doctor? What's the lowest dose of that particular brand? I've heard that these, this particular brand causes uh, African-Americans to cough a lot. Mm. Maybe we shouldn't look at that particular brand. Um, if we it, Can we agree that if we try this and after 90 days when I come back, if our numbers are increased or, or are better, that we can take this medicine off the plate? You know, let's have a conversation. Let's be a team player. So, and if you can't get your doctor to be a team player, then it might be time to look for another doctor. Mm. Did y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. It might be time to look for another doctor. Mm-hmm. I have been, uh, throughout my adult life, I've sought out African-American doctors because we didn't have all of us to give us the precision medicine, but at least we had African-Americans who were already in the business, who were already doctors that we can talk to who might know a little bit more about what we've experienced Mm. and about how genetics comes into play. If our grandmother and our mother had diabetes, then there's a good chance that we might have diabetes Mm -hmm. because of the genetic factor there. But what can we do to prevent that? How can we get ahead of that? What kind of lifestyle changes must we make to be, uh, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get a grip on that. Mm-hmm. So it's those kinds of things. That's being able to talk to your doctor and have your doctor understand where you're coming from mm-hmm. and agree that we can look at things down the road a bit and we might be able to make some changes. Mm-hmm. So, so Diane, I just want to do something real quick. If y'all remember um, the Washington Correspondents' Dinner, the Washington Reporters' Correspondents' Dinner, when President Obama was giving his speech and they had the comedian translate. Oh, yeah. So I just want to translate <laughs> what Diane said. If you go to your doctor <laughs> and you asking them precise questions and they keep sending you back talking about ain't nothing wrong with you. It's time for you to find a new doctor. You see how I did that, Diane? I took your eloquent, refined response. Look, y'all, if your doctor keeps sending you home and you still feel bad, fire that doctor. And, and where can we go to find what are some platforms in terms of online res- research or resources to find a good competent African-American physician right here in Milwaukee, the cream city medical society. Y'all heard that right here in Milwaukee, Google the cream city medical association, society, society. Society. medical society, the cream city medical society. Society. Thank you so much for that. And Mm -hmm. Gina, again, you were over there just nodding your head in agreement with what Diane was sharing. What are your thoughts? What do you want to build off of? You know, I absolutely agree with everything Diane is saying. And and to build off what she's talking about in terms of working with our providers, the reality is that we are able to self-educate ourselves before we go to our providers. What do we do for advocate at, to advocate for ourselves? Make a list before you go. You got to know what you're going to ask your provider. And if they talk, act as, oh, they don't have enough time for you or they don't want to hear what you have to say or, or offend 
recommend it because you actually have done your background research, then you Mm. you can ask that question and say, are you offended? What's going on here? I am as invested in my health as you are. Wow. And I think those are things that we can do to self-advocate. I think the other thing is really seeking out educational opportunities. And so I want to just give a shout out to both Anita and Diane for being on the advisory board of the um, All of Us Cab. And that's really important because they're getting information around precision medicine. They're getting information to feed them to be advocates, as they were talking about. But not only for themselves, but when they go in that room with their provider, they can actually talk the talk. They know what's being said to them. That's an important give back from this program, to help our community members at large, lay members, really understand the science of what they're hearing. They don't have to know all of the science terminology, but the basic fundamental practices of what they're hearing is critical. That's how we advocate for ourselves, by learning and then sharing that information with other folks. And then when we get in those rooms, really saying, you know, okay, I'll try this medicine as Diane. I'll give hypertension. Everyone's on hypertension medicine. You know, people believe blood pressure is going to be up because you're living. But the reality is talking to your provider and saying, now, look, I'm willing to do this. But let's talk about an exit strategy. Let's there talk about a strategy of how am I going to get off this stuff? What do I need to do? And and at what level am I on this, this blood pressure medicine? Because there's an entry level, there's a mid-level, and there's a high level. If I'm at the entry point, diet, mm. exercise, mm-hmm. all of those things, stress reduction, mm-hmm. all of those things can actually help me not to have to take uh, the medicine if I can follow those new choices, lifestyle, behaviors, and activities. That is a form of advocacy we don't talk about. We don't want, we want these non-pharmacological interventions, which are critical for us, because it's like no one wants to be on a bunch of medicine as you age, but let's talk to our providers. Let's talk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. What are the alternatives? Mm -hmm. How do we become now uh, preemptive and proactive Mm. as opposed to reactive? Right. Absolutely. Stop loving diabetes. It's sugar is not your friend. Mm. Right. We need to stop that and really start thinking about from our perspective. Get out the Krispy Kreme driveway right now. <laughs> oh, oh. Back up. <laughs> Pull over. Don't even go to the Krispy Kreme. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, understanding that disease means dis-ease. Mm. Stop naming and accepting all of these things. We have to stop. We have to fall out of love with our chronic illnesses as a people. That's that's what I think is, is really critical for us at this point. Gina, yeah, you, you, you drop in some, gem, some gems here, seriously. And what I just want to underscore before we go back to Anita is the stress reduction yeah. element. Mm-hmm. Black women, we have traditionally and historically been the most stressed species on planet. That's not even a feeling. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. We have been literally the most stressed species on this earth. And what we know when you talk about preventative health care is that stress is what, and correct me ladies if I'm wrong, at least 85% of the reasons why we go through a lot of the common healthcare, Absolutely. cardiovascular Absolutely. disease, um, high blood pressure yeah. is stress. Chronic stress. Chronic stress. Chronic stress. Look, look yes. at this gray hair coming in right yeah. now. That's why I be telling folks, when you call me and go straight to voicemail, it's called stress reduction. <laughs> You've been blocked like Kyle. He about to be blocked. He don't even know it yet. See, mine is if your Talk phone about, don't ring, it's me. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Stress reduction. Now, one of the things that Gina, excuse me, that, that again, Gina had shared, Diane, I want to direct this next question to you, 
and, and I love this, is that, you know, I am in and invested as much. I'm invested as much in my health care as you are as my physician. Can you just share with us what you see in terms of your vision? Because you're both part of all of us. You're the co-investigator at the University of Wisconsin's All of Us program and a distinguished member of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated that are at the forefront of these efforts. What is your vision in terms of what that, again, looks and feels like from your point of view? Again, um, definitely, I can't stress enough the advocacy, but I I think what I want to mention also about that is that we are not afraid to learn about our health Mm. because I think we are to some degree. And then once we learn about our health, we have to act on our health. And as you said, we are caring for uh, everybody else. We're giving everybody advice. We need to take our own advice. And 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 take care of ourselves, too, because, you know, we, we tell people all the time, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. But we need to self-talk. We need I need to slow down and take care of myself. So I think part of it and, and love ourselves. We need to we need to love who we are. And, and sometimes we do not. We love everybody else, mm. but we don't love us. Mm. And it's OK to love yourself. Mm. So I think. um taking care of your, making sure you are the center, but also, as we said, making sure we are caring for other people and that we teach everybody else how to advocate as well. And then there's an expectation for our, our physicians that they learn more about us mm-hmm. and, and know more about us as well. So, Anita, I got to ask you this because this is part of the truth. And so we only speak the truth, the, the truth, real truth, the truth on this show. So I want to tap into, if you can, Anita, your passion is obvious in this studio. But for our listeners, I want to ask you a question to really just articulate that that passion that I'm getting from you and your presence as a board member mm-hmm. of the All of Us Community Advisory Council, as a board member. What is the, can you share with us some of the things that you're talking about during those board meetings? And I, and I know that there's privileged information, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but is there anything that you can share in terms of what is the future? What are the next steps? What's the vision of the All of Us Community Advisory Board, in particular for black women, as we continue to lead efforts in understanding our health care, understanding the type of questions that we ask and overall how to take better care of ourselves? So currently there is um, different small groups that are occurring. There's a, there's a male group that's already that's been active in learning about their health, how to take care of themselves. There's also been a, there's also a black women's group. Um, we are working for towards uh, bringing in um, um, other people of color, um, Hispanic, the Hispanic community and um, the uh, Native American community. But the D9 community, we since we, as we said earlier, all of us have a, a, a platform within our organization already around mental and physical health. So we're just tapping into that structure already that's already existing. So we are like uh, soldiers out there disbanding onto the um, to the world to bring them in, to bring them knowledge, to help them know about all of us. A lot of people still don't know about all of us, to learn about all of us, but to enroll in all of us and be a part of that population where our our data, our physical data can be part of that 
that tool that helps uh, guide the precision medicine that we're talking about. And what's the best way to enroll in all of us? What's the easiest, most feasible way to enroll into the All of Us initiative or program? So there is a website. Okay. To, that's what I did. I went to the website. I built uh, my, my profile. I answered the questions that I needed to answer. I went to uh, out to Freighter Hospital and did my blood work and blood pressure and all of that information. And then they, they were going to send me the data that's pertaining to just me to help me know what my um, my family history is and all of that information to just to uh, empower me more. Yes. To know more about what I, to know about me and, and, and what I didn't know about myself. So that's information also that can be. That information becomes a team member, mm-hmm. as Diane talked about, a team member of our of our health care. So that's what we're trying to get, get people to do and to not be afraid of it. Yes. Sometimes it's about sometimes, you know, we, we have a problem with trusting that information. Mm-hmm. I I trust that information because I, I kept it. I it was I had to log in. And nobody can get to that data but me. And if you don't know your password, you're not you're not getting in. Mm. So um, but that information is not only for us today. Mm-hmm. As Diane talked about, we have a future that's that's coming before us. And we want um, medical care, health care to be better for the people that's coming behind us. Absolutely. And I love Anita, how you and thank you for being so transparent with your responses. I love how you talked about, you know, I went to the web and that website is is it all of us.org or all of us.com we can get the information we'll make sure that we share the website with our listeners what i love about what you shared anita in particular is that you took ownership because remember black women as much as we lead we're very trusting and we oftentimes will take direction mm-hmm. that again is a one-size-fits-all and not specific to our custom needs. And so I love how you shared that. Also, not everybody is comfortable with their data Mm -hmm. being shared or being accessed. There's a level of security. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this, because Anita, again, black women, we come off as strong and independent and don't need nobody. So before Mm. we go back to you, Diane, because I love how you brought that point up. Is this where can I insert an advocate? What's the word I'm thinking of? An accountability partner. If I'm not comfortable, once I've enrolled in the all of us program online and I'm ready to go to the doctor and in this case freighter mm-hmm. when can I insert my buddy to go with me when can I bring somebody with me is that at any point whenever you want to did y'all hear that always mm-hmm. did y'all have, hear that you can have somebody sitting at the computer with you yes answering the questions and you can say girl you know you don't you know you weigh more than that stop playing <laughs> <laughs> and that's not like something my friends kidding. would say now you know you need to add on another digit to your weight. But that's important though. And that's what I was gonna say. Tell the doctor everything. Yes. Tell him all the information or her all the information that that is going on. And Gina talked about sometimes the doctor might be offended about by you giving those answers, but I send my questions ahead of time. So you got time to look at them and 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 figure it out. Or think about what I'm asking. My doctor, my my uh, surgeon that did my my knees. I'll tell you about that. Um, he said, "I got you 11 million questions, <laughs> and I'm ready to answer them for you." But I had time. To, I had time to, to look at them before you came. So. And we, so when we come back from break, we're going to talk about Miss mm-hmm. Anita's knees mm-hmm. and that process. Mm-hmm. And listen, and we're going to hear back more from Diane too. What I really want us to go before before we go to break is is really process what you're hearing, process what you're hearing. Because after the show, many of you will have questions 
And we're going to tell you exactly where you can. We're going to share with you exactly where you can go to have further insight in terms of all of us, this incredibly much needed national effort. So, again, this is Salt Life Chronicles. This is your host, Denise Thomas. We're here with members of the Divine Nine talking about what's the most important thing right now is your health care as black women. We'll come back shortly. Thank you again for tuning in. More of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. We are back with the Soft Life Chronicles. Again, this is Denise Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has already been an incredible, incredible discussion regarding putting intentionally your health care. And when I say yours, I mean black women's health care at the forefront of our day to day. And we are so honored. If you're just tuning in, we are so honored to have with us distinguished, beautiful, smart, just all the above of whatever you can think makes up a fabulous woman here in the studio. We have Gina Green Harris, again, who is the co-investigator of the University of Wisconsin All of Us program and director of the Milwaukee site. And also a distinguished member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. We also have from Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, Anita Sparks, who also is part of the UW All of Us Community Advisory Board. And well, as well, we have Diane Milner. She is also an advisory board member of UW All of Us and a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. So please keep in mind that the Divine Nine... In this case, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, along with Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, are joining forces with all of us to make sure, again, that the leadership impact, the influence impact that each of these sororities have in our community, combined with partnering with all of us, is going, again, to provide us as black women the type of focuses and initiatives that are going to keep us healthy, thriving, and living as long as we possibly can. Again, ladies, thank you all so much for being here. Let's pick up where we left off. And I want to start with you, Gina, because one of the the things that I really, really appreciate that you talked about before we went to break is the importance of data and collecting data specifically to African-American or black women and not just assuming that this is a one-size-fits-all. So, Gina, can you just, again elaborate more in terms of the research who all of us is targeting what does diversity mean in terms of the research and what do we as black women need to contribute so that you have that qualitative data yeah absolutely you know um, again all of us research is very unique in the work that it's doing and that it is looking for a million or now five million folks to enroll in this repository of sort to collect our information our health information to really develop precision medicine which precision medicine is really important so that it 
it actually can discontinue this cookie cutter method approach to taking care of everyone, but and then instead have an approach that actually looks at the individual's need and care at the individual level. So that's really important. Uh, the other thing about all of us that's really important is that it is looking to have at least 41% of those who are enrolled in this repository come from diverse and, and basically a minority and underrepresented communities, which has not been done before. So that's really two pieces of all of us that are really critical to me, to what we need to be contributing to as people of color, because we know that as of today, there are many medical interventions that we use that are not necessarily prescribed for us and mm. do not necessarily meet our needs. And so when I think about what can we do as women, we can definitely think about our own selves and know where we sit with our medical providers. We can know where we sit with our medication that we take. And look and, and think about how can I contribute to something where I don't have to necessarily um, fall into the common fold, but go and talk with my provider and say, hey, this doesn't work for me. Let's talk about some other treatment options. Let's think about ways in which I can actually individualize my care. And, and that is something that we can learn through all of us. There's going to be a workbench where the research is going to be accessible, not only to investigators solely, but to community members at some level. And where this is important, again, community and researchers and those institutions come together to really create innovative strategies for improved health outcomes. And I think that's going to be fantastic for all of us moving forward. I'm I'm so excited. I love that you use that word fantastic because that was one of the words that was coming to my mind as I'm hearing you share this incredible information. It's fantastic. Now, Anita, Gina brought up a great point. I just want to underscore what she said, because as black women, remember, we talk a lot. But when we talk, it's usually about helping and supporting and advocating for everybody else but ourselves. One of the things that you've been very adamant during this discussion is about relationships. It's our responsibility to make sure that as black women, we are cultivating relationships with our physicians. And when Gina said, go talk to your doctor, I'm going to keep it real on behalf of all of us. Oh, look at that. No pun intended. Oftentimes we don't know how to have those conversations. What does that look and feel like from your point of view in terms of when I go to my physician or for many of us, this may be the first time that I've had a conversation with my physician. What are some of the questions that I need to be asking in order to break that barrier of discomfort, anxiety, and truly just not knowing what to say? I think we have to make sure that we understand that our physicians are human beings. Too. They're people just like us. So they have uh, interests. What are your interests? What, where did you go to school? Where did you study? What is your, um, your, your area of expertise? And, and why are you in this business? Why, mm. why, what, what, what is your passion about this? So, and then tell them something about you. What are your expectations? What, what might have been your fears? So that some of the, um, the, the guards are off. Right. And, and you're, you're, you're going to talk to them. They're, they walk and breathe just like we do. And um, 
just letting them know that I want to have a relationship with you because I want you to be a team member, not just my, my doctor, but a team member. And a team member looks out for you. So I want you to look out for me. And and then you also have to be straight up with them. Be mm. honest with them. Don't don't give them no don't have them searching for information because they can't help you. Uh, the best if you don't give all the information. What if I'm embarrassed? Because I know a lot of times for me, it's always been where I isolate myself as if I'm the only person that might have this condition. So in terms of those listeners that are thinking, you know, hey, Anita, I hear you, but I'm just I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to go to a physician and ask those questions and even more so talk about what I've been experiencing. How do, how do we manage that? So do you have a friend that you trust mm. that you can take with you to advocate for you and 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 know that you are not going to shock the doctors? OK, that's good to know. They've seen stuff and, and you're not going to shock them. And Even if my left toe has like purple uh, science projects growing out the corner, they I'm probably, good. They probably seen rainbow <laughs> growing out the corner. So I love it. Now, can you share with us? And I'm, and I'm pausing because I definitely want to respect your privacy as well. Mm-hmm. But Anita, can you share with us just an experience that you've had where when I talk to my doctor and, you know, I ask those questions, look, you know, have you worked or do you have patients that look like me? And I want you to be a part of my Anita health team. What has been your experience with that? I have both good and bad. I will say that that before, especially a new doctor, I do some research online. And I'll, I'll look at what their interests are because a lot of things are online. I, I found uh, a doctor once, and I, I uh, gravitated toward him. All things were equal with all of the doctors that I was looking at. But he had done some work in some um, um, some countries that did not have health care, and that was his, his passion to go and do this stuff pro bono. So service is big for me, and yeah. that kind of tied me to him, and it, it was it was a great relationship. After I had a procedure done, he called me at home to check on me. Are you okay? Make sure you do this, this, and this. And we've had a we've had a good relationship. That's awesome. See, I can't, Anita, you better than me because I can't have a male doctor because he might be fine and he a doctor. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, what your interests are, who you be with, things to make you smile. I'm sorry, I digress. Yeah, I got to keep my my positions of a female gender. <laughs> Diane, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Awesome. Thank you so much again for being here. And, you know, I, I try to incorporate humor because I know oftentimes as black women, and we talked about this earlier, you know, in, in March of 1963, Malcolm X spoke to a group of black women in Los Angeles. And the famous quote that we've all heard is where he talks about the black woman is the most disrespected disregarded unprotected species and I'm paraphrasing on the planet and quite frankly as a black woman I've I felt that all 46 years of my life and when it comes to creating that team of healthcare providers consultants advisors that's something that's foreign to a lot of us as black women and when I look at you and I look at Gina and Anita, y'all obviously are going to the doctor because y'all look great, literally. And you're in great spirits and you're in great mind. 
Diane, let's just keep it real. How's the best way to build that team that you've educated us on as part of you own it, you're accountable to building it, and you're accountable to sustaining it? Just walk us through what does that look and feel like? Well, first of all, um, it depends on what, you know, what practice that you're looking for, whether it's an eye doctor or or someone to do surgery on a particular body part. But the first thing I do is I go to the Queen City Medical Society and I look for a doctor of color. Okay, mm, so I yes. look for a black doctor and I've done that for probably 40 years now. I, I really want to have someone who looks like me to have their way in terms of giving me specific information about my medical history, about my medical life. Okay. So we, that's where my team starts is somebody that looks like me. Okay. That's the Um, first thing. That's the first thing. All right. That's that's number one. Secondly, you know, I want to make sure that I have a family member that I trust that knows something about what I'm getting ready to go into, whether it's a knee surgery or back surgery or whatever that might be. So I want to make sure that I have a family member as part of that team. I also talk to the doctor and say, who have you done this on before? Mm -hmm. If it's a surgery situation, can I talk to a couple of your past um, surgical patients so that I can get their perspective. And if they say no, flag on the play, right? Flag on the play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, and and they've always said yes. Okay, good. I've never had a problem with that. Uh, They'll say yes. uh, You know, you can call this patient, this patient, or I'll have them to call you. And so that's always been a plus for me. If they're willing to be uh, transparent in that way mm. and let me speak to another patient that has gone through this particular procedure with them, then I feel real confident that they, they trust the work that they're doing and that they are making happy patients, basically. I love this. Yes. Yeah, so this is so good. So step one, find a physician of color mm-hmm. and they are out there. Oh, always. Ladies, there are black doctors out there. Number two, Test the transparency. Yes. Are they willing and open to share previous patients that they've um, conducted similar surgical procedures exactly. as well? I love this. So let me let me also ask you all this. And this is both Gina, Anita and Diane. Why is this so important for the divine nine and all of us to lead this effort? Why is it so important? What's the why? And when we come back for break, we're going to get into that. So I want y'all to stay tuned because when we come back, it's always important to understand the why and the purpose, because that's going to basically translate into our own personal why and purpose. So, again, this is Soft Life Chronicles. I'm Denise Thomas. I've got the beautiful Gina Green Harris, Anita Sparks and Diane Milner. We'll come back and talk about the why. You're listening to the Soft Life Chronicles, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. We are back, Soft Life Chronicles. Listen, I just want to thank each of these incredibly beautiful inside and out black women. And I want to emphasize black women that joined us here in the studio today for Soft Life Chronicles, because what... It's so important that I hope each of you that are listening take away from this is that you deserve quality health care. You deserve it. It's not a privilege. It's not something that everybody else should get but us. And so I am so grateful that these ladies, these distinguished members of Divine Nine have collaborated with all of us and made sure that not only through this platform, 
that we're increasing our knowledge and awareness, but giving us applicable techniques and mechanisms that we can apply as part of making sure that whatever it is, genetics, lifestyle, environment, all these factors that play into our healthcare that we know exactly what to do. So again, thank you all so much. As we're closing, and I could literally be here with y'all till one o'clock in the morning, the why. I know that the divine nine are very purpose and mission oriented, along with obviously the All of Us Milwaukee Research Program. Very quickly, if we could start with you, Gina, and then Anita and Diane bring us home. What is the why? What, why, why are we doing this? Why is this so important? And quite frankly, what, what will black women get from, from doing this? And we'll start with you, Gina. Absolutely. Um, and again, thank you for having us on the show today. It's just been such a wonderful opportunity. Enjoy myself with you all. Um, the why, the why for me uh, and the why for the work that we do is really because if not us, then who? If not now, then when? Mm. And quite frankly, um, black women have led the way. Uh, since the beginning of time, we are all part of. Say that uh, again, Gina. <laughs> we have always led the way. Right? Always. Always. And so that doesn't stop. And and quite frankly, as a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, we are all about making sure that our community is taken care of. Right. It's in our thrust and, and all of the all of the divine nine. It really is what we do. And so why not us? We are expected to be the talented tenth. I said it before. I'll say it again. W.E.B. Du Bois was very clear. When you when you reach the pinnacle, you come back and you really make your community better. That's what we're about. Carter G. Woodson, all of them. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. And that's this is what we do. We serve in all of our organizations. That's the oath we took. And so for me, it's just in my DNA. It is who we are and what we do. So I am excited that as a black woman. Um, that I get the opportunity to serve with these other black women mm-hmm. in this capacity to really enhance and improve the health of our community for the long haul for, for generations to come. Love it. Thank you so much, Gina. Anita, what's your why? The why, again, as Gina said, Delta Sigma Theta, along with uh, the other uh, Divine Nine organizations, have been focused on our communities since our inception. And one thing that we focus on, uh, one of our thrusts, is physical and mental health. So all of our chapters across the, uh, the country and world are, are focusing on making sure that the physical and mental health of our communities are addressed and that uh, resources are accessible. Awesome. Listen, y'all should see Anita. When I tell y'all, if Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated were a pitcher, it would be this lady right here. She is head to toe DST, just so y'all know. All day. And she's throwing, yeah, see, I don't want to get, because I don't know the right, you remember I told you, I'm me, find me. So I don't know what right lingo to use, but I just know that you are representing your sorority by far. All right, Diane, your why? The why, uh, again, I for generations, you know, I have grandchildren. So the why, and I think the why is as far as our sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, we are all about mothers and children. So we want to make sure that, that our health is preserved. We want to make sure that people have access. We want to make sure that whatever is available to us, we know these are the ways to access what's available. And if being a part of the research for now, enhances the lives of our future generations, then we're going to be all about that and we're going to make sure that others know that. 
If y'all's life has not been changed for the better, I don't know what else could do it. Listen, do not your your self-talk right now is saying, should I, should I? Yes, absolutely. To learn more about all of us and UW efforts here in Milwaukee, visit allofus.wisc.edu or you can call the number 888-294-2661. Let me say that again. Go right now and learn more about how you can be a part of all of us and UW's efforts here in Milwaukee, allofus.wisc.edu, or call 888-294-2661. And if you want to email directly, you can also email allofusuwmke, that's one word, at hslc.edu. W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. Thank you all again so much. Put your health first. It is the most important thing that we have. Be well, be great, and stay beautiful and black. Love y'all. Softwise Chronicles, Denise Thomas.